does karate and uh, I do karate my family all of all of our kids and well Becky doesn't do karate but the rest of us do karate and uh, so I was going to have a sparring demonstration with <laughs> Uncle Mike here and we'll see whose style of karate is better if you want but here's what I want you to see uh, I don't want to tell you what, what level I'm at because to me I don't feel like I'm at any level of karate. And, uh, uh, but I've been doing it for quite a while. And one thing you learn is there's a lot of people who start karate. I remember when we first started going, my wife Becky, everybody say Becky's going to have a great service. Because she, she's, doing, she's doing our service right now. Um, the, um, she would tell me, oh, all the kids in my first grade class have been to karate, you know. She asked them, oh, how many of you been? All of them, all the boys have been to karate, you know. That, meaning they went like two or three times <laughs> and, and they never stuck. And, and that's the way karate works is uh, people come and they'll be there for a week. They'll be there for six months. You know, but uh, uh, Uncle Mike, how, how long have you been doing karate? Uh, 42 years he's been doing karate. Hallelujah. You know, uh, sometimes people will say to me, oh, that karate stuff doesn't do anything. And, uh, and they'll say, well, I had a friend once. He, when uh, we were stationed in Okinawa, and he went to one of these... Uh, our style of karate is from Okinawa. Karate, according to our history, originated in Okinawa. And uh, the, uh, he went to study with the karate there in Okinawa, and a, a week later, somebody called him out and beat him up. You know, so this karate stuff doesn't work. You know, well, I mean, if you shot baskets for a week, you wouldn't be Michael Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. It takes effort. So we, you know... We, you guys have been going for 25 years, and you got to stick with it. This is when achievements happen. Most churches don't don't even last a few years. I mean, to me, the most exciting testimony was that there was a 14-year-old girl who grew up in this church, and she's going to this church. Hallelujah! That is something. That is an achievement. Does that make sense to you? Hallelujah! So. You know, effort, talent plus effort equals skill. Um, this is just the pre-sermon, so don't get excited. Um, the uh, skill plus effort equals achievement. Achievement takes time. It takes lots of time. It takes 42 years before you can kill somebody with your hands. Why don't you come up and demonstrate that for us, Mike? Here. Yeah, you know, People will say, well, show me that karate. Well, our style, I don't know about... Uh, Uncle Mike's, but our style of karate is all about breaking people's necks. <laughs> you know, I mean, do you want me to demonstrate that? <laughs> I mean, what do you want? It's not the movies. It's real. 
you know, it's about, in our style of karate, it's about one blow. One blow, you break their bone or you kill them. Well, I mean, that's kind of hard to demonstrate. You know, it's not like Bruce Lee going, shh, 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 shh. You know, does that make sense? Anyway, everything takes time. Everything takes effort. And one of the things that we lose in the United States is this idea of, of becoming skilled and developing skill and growing up and becoming mature in something and becoming a master at something as opposed to just sort of, uh, you know, dabbling at this and dabbling at that and dabbling at this other thing and dabbling at this other. Does that make sense to you? Hallelujah. And we, we start to think, even in Christian circles, we start to think, uh, well, if it was of God, it would be easy. Is anybody, am I the only one who's ever thought that? If this was really God's word, it would just work like, like that. Does that make sense to you? Am I the only one who's ever thought that? Hallelujah. If it was really God's word, it would just be happening. It would be easy. Hallelujah. I used to think that, and God said, well, was walking in love easy? Is walking in love easy? Is it of God? Is walking in love of God? Does God expect us to walk in love? Does he expect us to turn the other cheek? Turn that other cheek. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is it easy to walk in love, Tim? <laughs> I'm about to find <laughs> Hallelujah. In that same way, growing up in the faith is not easy. Hallelujah. Learning to walk by faith is not easy. Hallelujah. Learning to walk by faith takes time, takes effort. It's like learning to shoot baskets. It's like learning to do karate. When I went to UCLA, when I was uh, my first year at UCLA, they, they had a statistic that 50% of the people dropped out of UCLA in their first year. 50%, I mean, this is a huge school, probably 10,000, you know, undergraduates or something. 50% of them drop out in the first year. And we knew them. I mean, you had roommates, you had friends. They're here one minute, they're gone the next. Hallelujah. None of them, of those 50%, half the people never even finished their first year. Hallelujah. It takes some grit to grow in faith. Does that make sense to you? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, everybody stand up for a second. I'm going to talk about what is faith. I want to show you what faith is. I believe there's a lot of word of faith people are really not understanding what faith is. They haven't grown to that level. But before we get started, I want everybody to say this. Everybody say this. Say, God is a good God. Say this. For the Lord is good. And His mercy endureth forever. Say, for the Lord is good. Hallelujah. I tell, at my church, I tell them, this is, this is, if you only learn one thing, get this one. The Lord is good. God is good. God is not the problem. God is not the source of your prayers not being answered. God is good. We serve a good God. God is in our favor. He's a prayer answering God. He's a healing God. He's a miracle maker. He's a delivering God. He's a rescuing God. He's a God of plenty. He's a God of more than enough. He's a God of overflow. He's a God of prosperity. He's a God of success. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody say this. Say, for the Lord is good. And His loving kindness never runs out your loving kindness may run out my loving kindness may run out but his loving kindness never runs out hallelujah 
Hallelujah. Say, for the Lord is good. Say, for the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. Turn to somebody and say, our God. This is the gospel. People want to know what the gospel is. This is the gospel. Our God is a good God. Hallelujah. If you're sick, he will heal you. Everybody say that. Say, if you're sick, he will heal you. Hallelujah. If you need money, he will provide for you. He's a living God. He's a living God. He's alive. Hallelujah. He hears us. He walks with us. He talks with us. Our God, our God is a good, good God. He's a healing God. He's a delivering God. He's a rescuing God. He's a miracle maker. He's a God of success. Hallelujah. Say, our God is a good, 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 good God. If that's all you ever learned, that's good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just remember that. Our God is good. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Do you guys remember the story of King Manasseh? You know, he was Hezekiah's son or grandson. I don't really remember. Why don't we turn to Mark chapter 11, verse 23. See what the Holy Spirit's going to have us do here. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. The story of King Manasseh. Hallelujah. He was Hezekiah. Hezekiah was one of the best kings in the Bible. And he followed after God and... and uh, and uh, then his son was even better. And then the grandson, Manasseh, just completely forgot about God and started following after uh, uh, idols and, you know, even apparently sacrificing children and stuff like that to these gods. And so the, I think it was the Assyrians or whoever came and destroyed, destroyed them, took him into captivity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was in captivity. And in captivity, he called on all his gods, Baal, deliver me. And, you know, didn't want to try to differ. Let me try one of those other gods, you know. Maybe they're the prison god. You know, I need to talk to the prison god. And he called on some other gods, and nobody would answer him. And finally, he remembered that his dad had showed him from the Bible. His grandpa and his dad had showed him from the Bible. You know, when, when you're in trouble... If you will turn to the Lord, he will deliver you. And so this guy is not, he's, I like to call him the worst guy in the Bible. I mean, there are not too many guys in the Bible who were the king of Israel and sacrificed children to evil demon gods. Do you know what I'm saying? This guy is pretty bad. You know, he's like Hitler level of evilness. You know what I'm saying? He's the worst guy in the Bible. And yet he called upon God. He remembered, what his, he remembered what his father, grandfather had told him. And so he said, well, I'm going to try Yahweh God. I'm going to try the God of my fathers. And maybe he'll get me out of this mess. And he called upon him, and he was delivered. Hallelujah. He went back, and he began to serve God. But what I want you to see is this. Say, God is a good God. God is a good God. 
God is a good, good God. If he'll answer Manasseh's prayers, he'll answer your prayers. Do you know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. He is a good God. He is a good, good God. Hallelujah. One of the strangest things that happens in the Bible is that God answers prayers of, of heathens. You know, do you remember when Luke, when in Luke chapter 4, when Jesus went to preach in his hometown? And he says to him, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he hath anointed me to preach the good news, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. All that stuff, I'm not quoting it correctly, but uh, in the end he says, uh, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, or I, in our church we would say, to preach the, the time of God's hearing and helping. That's what that what he's really saying. He's saying God's power is here. Like, you know, you'll go to a meeting and some anointed man of God, the power of the Lord is here to help you. Uh, that's what Jesus was saying. He was saying, the power of the Lord is here to help you. And the people said, you know, if you read in the King James, it kind of sounds like they liked the sermon, you know. So oh, they, they wondered at his, they marveled at his gracious words or something like that, it says in the King James. But then they take him out and throw him off a cliff and so there's a translation problem there. You know there's obviously a translation problem. And then, am I doing something wrong? Hallelujah. Open up my jacket and let it all hang out. Man, dude, come on. Everybody's picking on me this week. I was on the airplane. I was telling George, I was on, I mean, I was telling Pastor Logan I was on the airplane yesterday. I was from Houston. I had to fly from San Diego to Houston. And then, uh, and then, uh, it was, you know, a regular size airplane. And then from Houston to Charlotte, it was one of those tiny, tinier airplanes. You know, still good size, but tinier. And I've, my seat was in the back. And uh, uh, the stewardess came up, real pretty black lady. And she says, sir, could, could you come with me? And I thought, oh, she's moving me up to first class. I finally arrived. The favor is showing up. The favor of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and she said to me, she said, I'm sorry, we... We have to move you to balance the airplane. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and she said, I'm not that big. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You want me to use it? Sure. Should I turn this off? Or? Am I doing something bad? Or? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So now George wants me to let it all hang out here. Oh, we can. Should I take my coat off? I just want to see if you're paying attention. Balancing the plane. <laughs> yeah, balancing the plane. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody say this. Say, God is good. Hallelujah. He's a good, good God. Hallelujah. 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 Well, let's turn to Mark chapter 11, verse 23. And as uh, Pastor George says, we, uh, Pastor Logan says, we met in, in Bible school at Pastor Price's Bible school. And uh, he was sitting by himself, you know, you know how he is, you know, kind of like, hey, I, I'm the guy. And uh, so, so I went and sat next to him, and he kind of scooted over two more seats, you know. 
And I'm like, whoa, dude, this is California. I don't know where you're from, but, you know, you got to be chill, you know. <laughs> and uh, the uh, praise you, Father. Hallelujah. But um, I, I started listening to Pastor Price on TV when I was going to law school at UCLA, and I went home to visit uh, my girlfriend, and, uh, and uh, you know, we went to high school together, and, and uh, uh, now we're married. And, uh, but, but so I remember one time I was going out to shoot some baskets. I was going to go shoot baskets and, uh, I'm walking out the door and my parents are watching Pastor Price on TV in, in uh, where we lived, uh, we got all the Los Angeles channels as part of our cable TV because we didn't have any channels. We live in the country, you know, the town I grew up in is Holtville is like 2000 population. And, uh, so they were watching Pastor Price. This was like 70 eight seventy nine something like that and they said to me oh, stay here and watch uh pastor price for a, this guy's pretty good he's pretty funny you know and at that time he had this whole richard Pryor thing going you know and uh, and he was funny you know and 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 uh so oh that's kind of interesting and so i one day he said this he said unless a man be born again he cannot enter into the kingdom of god hallelujah and i thought well i guess you if jesus he said actually the way he said was jesus said Unless a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And so the thought that came to my mind was, if Jesus said that, then it must be so. You know, I had born again friends, but nobody had ever put it that way. And so we started listening to Pastor Price. Becky eventually came up. She was going to UCLA. We'd turn on the TV Sunday mornings, watch Pastor Price. At that time, there was a Christian radio station in, in Los Angeles and... Uh, uh, KFSG and he, about 9 o'clock or 8 o'clock or something, Pastor Price would come on, Papa Hagen would come on, Charles Capps would come on. And so we, we started listening to Pastor Price. We didn't know who Kenneth Hagen was. He didn't mean anything to us. And we were just listening to Pastor Price. Eventually we started going to church at Pastor Price's church. And, I mean, it wasn't uh, for any... We went because he was teaching. That's why we went. We didn't know anything. I grew up in the Catholic church. I didn't really go to church at that time. To us, church was a 45-minute thing. You went, you had communion, you left. That was it. Hallelujah. But it was, you know, it was a lot of fun going to Pastor Price's church. They had great music. You know, I, we didn't have music at our church uh, that I grew up in. And, uh, and so we began attending Pastor Price's church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he began teaching us about faith. And what I want to show you is what faith is. And the reason I started talking about grit is because it took me, and, you know, I'm pretty well educated. <laughs> I was, I was going to say something worse. But I, I, chickened, I chickened out. I was going to say, I'm probably the smartest guy in this room. <laughs> Hallelujah. But uh, it took me, here's, here's what I want you to see. It took me, literally, this is not an exaggeration. It took me 25 years of hearing the Bible taught, studying the Bible, trying to figure out to really understand what faith is. Hallelujah. It took me 25 years. Most word of faith people are like karate people. They last a couple weeks. Hallelujah. They hear the word of God. Jesus even talked about it, right? You know? The, the sower goeth forth to sow. Some hear the word and they, woo, yes, Jesus became poor so I could be rich. I'm rich. You know, 
but Satan cometh immediately and steals the word out of their hearts. You know, these have no root in themselves and all that, right? Hallelujah. But it took me 25 years of studying, meditating, trying to figure it out, trying to understand what faith is in order to really understand what faith is. Hallelujah. That's not meaning to say that I didn't have faith experiences. I did. In the same way that my daughter who plays basketball, you know, she occasionally makes a three-point shot. And she gets really excited about it. And she's a pretty good shot, actually. But she'll, she'll make a, she's not at threes yet. She's not Stephon Curry. But she'll make a three and think she is Stephon Curry. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, the coaches hate that, you know. All these kids think they're Stephon. Boom, boom, bang, clank, boom, boom. Missed the whole thing. Hallelujah. So occasionally I would hit a faith three-pointer. Hallelujah. But I didn't really know what faith was. Does that make sense to you? Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and say, you are the hope of mankind. Hallelujah. There is no other hope. You know, uh, when, when I was going to, before I got saved, around the time I was getting saved, I had gone to law school because when I was a kid, there used to be this TV show on called The Storefront Lawyers. And it was about these lawyers helping people and fighting for truth, justice, and the American way and all that kind of stuff. And so that's what I wanted to do. And I majored in economics uh, as an undergraduate because to me it was super interesting and it was explaining, you know, how things happen in the world. But after a, a year in law school, I, I came to this conclusion. I said, there's, there's no hope for people in economics and there's no hope for people in the law. Those things aren't going to help people. Hallelujah. I mean, I wish they would, and occasionally, you know, a legal, fought, a legal fight is won for the good guys. But for the most part, they're not. They have a lot more money, you know. The bad guys, have, the guy with most money usually wins, you know. And uh, so what I concluded was, no, there's no hope. If this God stuff isn't true, there is no hope for most people. Does that make sense to you? I mean, we have it pretty good in this country. As bad as it could be for you, it's not bad compared to what other people experience. Sitting, sitting next to me on the plane last night were three people from uh, Guerrero, the state of Guerrero in Mexico. And they were, didn't speak any English, and they were sort of talking about me in Spanish. <laughs> and so I didn't want to embarrass them, so I started speaking to them in Spanish. And they were coming out to North Carolina. But has anybody seen the movie uh, Roma? You guys need to watch the movie Roma. Come on, people. I mean, I went to see Get Out. You got to go watch Roma. <laughs> That's the way it works. Hallelujah. Anyway, if you'd seen the movie Roma, you would have seen these people. And they look just like, I don't mean this in a political way. I mean, I voted for Bernie Sanders, you know, so... Uh, whatever. <laughs> the, uh, they looked like illegal aliens, these three people on the airplane. They were, you know, straight off the farm, we would say. And, uh, and they looked like it. And they were coming to some town. I don't even know why they were coming to North Carolina. I was kind of afraid for them. Oh, my God, they're going to be arrested. And... Uh, uh, the... Uh, so they were sitting. Oh stop it. They were sitting in front of me, 
And they had, it was a mom and a dad and a boy who was about like, I would say seven, eight. So, you know, a little family of little illegal immigrant looking Mexicans. And uh, I'm not saying they were illegal. I can't imagine they'd get on the plane if they were, but that's what they looked like. And uh, the, um, the, the little boy was reading something like, you know, look, I can read kind of thing. And he was reading in Spanish, and I couldn't super hear it really good. And, and then I sort of began to pick up some words. And I, oh, he's reading some kind of, some kind of tract. <sighs> I'm sorry. And he was very excited, you know, that he was reading. And uh, I'm sorry for being such a big baby. It's from hanging around with George. <laughs> and, and I finally realized, oh, he's reading, is it like a Bible? Is it a Bible passage? Because I could recognize some of the things, you know. And then at the end it said, I might have been a Catholic thing. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it was definitely a biblical. At the end, he, he read. Lord Jesus. I'm sorry. He's, he read, Lord Jesus, increase our faith. I'm sorry. And to him, it was just, look, I can read. But what I want you to see is that without God, there is no hope for most people. Does that make sense to you? Hallelujah. Uh, That's not, I didn't say it the right way. God is the only hope for most people. Does that make sense to you? Capitalism is not the only hope for most people. Don't get mad at me. Don't take me out and stone me. Communism is not the hope for most people. There is only, for most of us, for the 99%, like they like to say, God is the only hope of victory. Hallelujah. Does that make sense to you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But the good thing is he has promised us victory. Hallelujah. Everybody say, God is a good God. God Say, God is a good, good God. Hallelujah. In order to, and so that's what Pastor Price began to teach us. He began to teach us that God wanted us to have the victory. So let's turn over to Matthew chapter 17 real quick. And he began to show us these things about faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn over to Matthew chapter 17. I'm reading from the King James Bible because if it was good enough for Jesus... It's good enough for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, Is everybody there in Matthew chapter 17? Would you guys? I'm reading from the King James, so you just repeat it after me. Hallelujah. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, verse 19, I'm sorry, chapter 17, verse 19. I'm going to read it, and then I'd like you to repeat it. That's the way we did it in the Catholic Church. It says, then came, <laughs> then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, then came the disciples 
Okay, man, I need a little more uh, the participation here. Okay, let's re try it one more time. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? Hallelujah. You know, if you want to if you want to improve, you got to be willing to ask questions, you know what I'm saying? Right. Hallelujah. Why could not we cast him out? Verse 20, and Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, he shall say unto this mountain, he shall say unto this mountain Remove hence to yonder place, hence to yonder place and, it and it shall remove. And nothing, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Impossible. Say nothing, nothing shall be impossible unto you. Everybody say nothing. Nothing, nothing covers a wide range of stuff. Say, nothing shall be impossible unto you. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. Hallelujah. Well, what's the condition for nothing being impossible unto you? In other words, he's talking about supernatural big things will happen for you. You will deliver people like this kid. You will rescue them from the hand of the enemy. Nothing. Turn to somebody and say, nothing shall be impossible unto you. If, if what? If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. Hallelujah. Does that make sense to you? If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. Hallelujah. This is what Pastor Price would teach us. Watch. Turn over to uh, Matthew chapter 21. We're going to Pastor Price's church. He's showing us about faith. He's showing us these scriptures that say, look, if you have faith, people think there's Oh, there's two or three scriptures. No, the whole Bible is about faith. Pastor Price used to say this to us. He would say, God is a faith God. And I would kind of think, oh, come on, Pastor Price. That's a little over the top. You know, you're exaggerating. You know, you're... But now that I've come to see it, now that I've come to understand it, I, I really see that what he said is, is absolutely correct. Everybody say, God is a faith God. Christianity is a faith religion. You know, we like to say, faith worketh by love. Hallelujah. But you could say the reverse, too. Love works by faith. Hallelujah. Do you have to have faith to walk in love? Otherwise, what would you be walking in? Handguns. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This will solve my problem right here. You know, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of naive about the things of the world, but I'm always shocked when people are going around sort of in systems backbiting and gossiping and backstabbing people. And I always tell them, Becky, but those guys are Christians. You know, I don't understand. They make such a big deal out of the fact they're Christians. And, and they, they mock my kids because my kids won't have public prayers. It's because my kids, to them, prayer is a real thing. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. And they're going around backstabbing people and gossiping about people. And, and you know what? I don't know about you guys, but maybe it's a Mexican thing. But when people mess with my kids, it's like, okay, you crossed the line. You're going down. Hallelujah. 
And it takes a lot of faith on my part not to get up in their face. You know what I mean? Faith, love works by faith. Can you see that? I have to trust that God's going to take care of me. I have to trust that God's going to take care of my children in order to walk in love. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, God tells you, you know, God, we have a lot of homeless people in our little town because the people in Beverly Hills don't like homeless people. So they give them a bus ticket and send them to El Centro. Yeah, let them take care of them in El Centro. Ha! You know, we're about 200 miles from Los Angeles in the middle of the desert. So once, the, once you get there, it's kind of hard to get out. You know, you can get in, but you can't get out. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so there's these lot of homeless. You can tell they're not from there because they're all white. They're all white people. You know what I mean? And you know, our county is like 85% Hispanic. And uh, so you know they're not from Imperial County. And God will speak to you. Go, go help that person. Becky was talking to this one lady. Um, I'm trying to remember her name. But her, her boyfriend, husband, whatever, his name is Roman. And they live together on the streets. And she's a real pretty lady. And she's about 20-something. And uh, we, saw, we see her from time to time. Sometimes she's embarrassed to us to see her in the condition she's in you know I guess you know the drugs become so powerful in their life that that um, it just controls every decision that they make but you know who's more powerful than drugs hallelujah the Lord Jesus Christ hallelujah he will deliver drug addicts if we'll develop our faith he will deliver them he will set them free if we'll learn to walk by faith hallelujah so Pastor Price is teaching us about faith and, let's see, where were we? Matthew chapter 21. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Verse, let's read verse 22 together. Matthew chapter 21, verse 22. And it says this, In all things, whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Say, believing, you shall, you shall receive. Say, believing, believing. You, shall receive. you shall receive. If you believe, if you, believe. You, will receive. you will receive. Hallelujah. Does that make sense to you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you believe, if you, believe. You, will receive. you will receive. Hallelujah. I tell my daughter, shooting baskets, I tell her, use your legs. You make it every time. Use your legs. Use your legs. Use your legs. It's like, Constant refrain. Pretty soon it's stop. Stop. Hallelujah. That's what she tells me. Stop. I know I'm supposed to use my legs. And I said, well, why don't you? Hallelujah. If you believe, you will receive. Turn to somebody and say, if you believe, you will receive. Turn over to Acts chapter 3. So Pastor Price is, all I want you to see is Pastor Price is teaching us the importance of faith. And it's more than this. I mean, I could go on this all day long because lots of times faith, they, the Bible uses synonyms for faith. Like boldness and confidence and even in the Hebrew Bible there will be words like wait on the Lord is a faith word. Wait on the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If I make you a promise, 
you know, said, Nene, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you $100. And you get home and you say, oh, Greg didn't give me that $100. Hallelujah. And Tim might say, just wait, wait. He's gonna do it. He said he's gonna do it. Just wait for it. Wait on the Lord. That's what wait on the Lord means. Just wait. He's gonna do it. He's gonna win. Endure. Endure. Hold fast. Cast not away your confidence. Wait on the Lord. 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 So my point is that's a synonym for faith. It's a faith word. In fact, in the rabbis would translate that and they would say, cast not away your faith. Hallelujah. So Acts chapter 3. And this is the story of uh, Peter and John went up to the temple and they healed the man. And everybody was wondering. Uh, hallelujah. Verse 12, let's start at verse 12. Acts chapter 3, verse 12. This is not the sermon, so I gotta get I'm trying to save myself 15 minutes so I can show you what, what is the sermon gonna be about? What is faith? So I gotta save myself some time. But first I gotta establish that faith is important. Sometimes we forget those things. If the Bible is true, faith is everything. Christianity is a faith religion. Hallelujah. Does that make sense to you? Christianity is a faith religion. Everything in Christianity depends upon faith. It's not, I used to think, I used to think it was just a topic. You know, like you had this topic faith, you had the topic walk in the spirit, you had the topic, you know, be led by the spirit, you had the topic of walk in love, you had the topic of prosperity. You had, no, faith is all of those things. Christianity is a faith religion. So if you don't know how to walk by faith, it's hard to be a Christian. Does that make sense to you? People don't like faith religions. What do they prefer? Works. No, not works religion, really, but they prefer physical religion. Do you know? One time when Pastor Logan was still going to Bible school, he invited me to go. They were going on a, uh, there was a professor from UCLA was the, teaching the class. And they invited, they were going to all sorts of different churches, not church, you know, religious establishments in Los Angeles, which, you know, they have everything there, right? And so we went one time, we went to a mosque. We went to a Hindu temple. We went to a Buddhist temple. And uh, when we went to the Hindu temple, it was just like the picture. It was in Malibu, you know. You know where, I don't know if you guys were aware of this, but how many of you follow the Kardashians on Instagram or whatever? Hallelujah. Go ahead, raise your hand. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't be ashamed. Come on. Own up to it. Anyway, they live up there in Malibu, and they had those fires, and their place almost burned to the ground, right? Well, this Hindu temple is in that same area of Malibu. And uh, so we went there to see it, and it looked just like you'd see in pictures of India. There was these little temples around it, and a big main temple, and... Uh, People would come and they'd give offerings at this little temple. They'd leave a gallon of milk. They'd leave a bunch of bananas. They'd leave oranges or whatever and uh, as offerings to their gods, right? And in the main big temple was the god, she's transgender, so <laughs> Shiva, the original transgender. Anyway, and does, they don't know what transgender is here? Anyway, okay. Uh, so Shiva looks to me like a girl, but it's not. 
It's a man, woman, something. It's the one you see with like four arms or six arms or something. And uh, she was the main, or he, she was the main goddess in the temple. And uh, we went up there to see it. And we went in, and we're being rude in retrospect. You know, we were being very rude to them. But to us, we were like, oh, my God, what is that? <laughs> and the priests of the temple were bathing Shiva and dressing him, her. And, and they got really mad because we were in there while they were bathing and dressing the God. Hallelujah. Is there a moral to this story? Does this story have a point or are you not even paying attention? This girl should be out in Hollywood making movies, don't you think? <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, do you think so? <laughs> oh, man. The uh, hallelujah. So they're bathing Shiva, and then we had a tour afterwards. And, I mean, we had a question session with the, one of the guys who worked there at the temple. And so I'm asking, these guys would all be quiet. I was the only one who ever asked questions. And I'm asking, like, is this the God? This statue, is this the God? And they were very friendly to us. Is this the God, or is this just a representation of the God? And he said, no, this is the God. Hallelujah. This statue, what we would call a statue, is the God. Hallelujah. I remember Pastor Cho talked about when after he'd been ministering for Pastor Cho, you know, is a pastor in, in South Korea, and he had grown up as a Buddhist like most Koreans, and they got sick after, war, after the Korean War. Everybody was poor and living in the Seoul, the capital of, North, of South Korea, is right near the border. And so when the troops crossed the border, it basically destroyed the city of Seoul. And so people who had one day were millionaires, the next day they were living in cardboard boxes. And so people started getting sick and he got some like, you know, tuberculosis or something and he was going to die. And so he said, well, I'm going to call these different gods and whoever heals me, that's the god I'm going to serve. So he called the Buddhists and the Shintos and whatever else they have. And, uh, and they didn't do anything. The Christians came and they prayed for him and he was healed. So he became a Christian, became a pastor and all this. People used to say to him when he was pastoring, they would say, um, how do we go to address your God? Where is he? How do we want to go and ask him for things. Well, we know that we can go. If we want to ask Buddha for something, if we want to ask Shiva for something, we know where she is. She's over there in Malibu. You know what I mean? Hallelujah, the biggest Buddhist temple in, in the North America is in, in Los Angeles. Big, huge thing. This is one of the things. If they want to pray to Buddha, they know where Buddha is. Where's your God? Where do we go to pray from? How do we ask him for things? Hallelujah. Does that make sense to you? And so people prefer physical gods. But Christianity is not about a physical God. Christianity is a faith religion. Hallelujah. The only way that we worship God is by faith. The only, the only way we serve our God 
is by faith. The only way we can speak to our God is by faith. The only way we can hear from our God is by faith. Christianity is a faith religion. Does that make sense to you? I'm just trying to show you how important faith is. And most Christians, most word of faith, forget about, you know, non-word of faith Christians who never talk about faith. Most Christians do not, most word of faith Christians do not have any idea what faith is. Hallelujah. And that's what I want to show you. I want to show you what faith is. So Pastor Price would show us these scriptures, you know, where I was going to read you from Acts chapter 3, where, where Peter says this. They ask him, well, you know, How'd you heal this person? It wasn't our power or our holiness. But he says, verse 16, Acts chapter 3, verse 16. Let's read this together. And, and Peter says this, and his name, talking about Jesus, and his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man whole. Say his name, through faith in his name. Hallelujah. Does that make sense to you? If you want to receive, if you want to be able to pray for people, if you want to cast the demons out of people, what do you got? You got to know about faith. Hallelujah. If you want to use the name of Jesus, you got to have faith in the name of Jesus. You know, when we were first Christians and we'd hear this stuff, we'd think the name of Jesus was like a magic spell. That's how we treated it. Like you could say, abracadabra. No, that's not what the, the name of Jesus just represents his authority. Hallelujah. When George was in the army and somebody came to George and they said, the general says, you're to do this. What did you do? Whatever the general said. Hallelujah. That's what the name of Jesus represents. Everybody say, his name. His name. Through faith in his name. Faith. Has made this man whole. Hallelujah. One time I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, well, how do you get faith in the name of Jesus? What does it mean to have faith in the name of Jesus? And he said to me this. He said, if you'll teach people about the exaltation of Jesus, that Jesus has been seated at the right hand of God, that he's been given all authority in heaven and in earth, that he's been given a name that's above every name, that at his name every knee should bow, that he's been seated far above all principality and power and every name that is named both in this world and that which is to come. If we'll talk about the exaltation of Jesus, if we'll talk about him getting all authority in heaven and in earth, then we will develop faith in the name of Jesus. Does that make sense? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So everybody say Christianity is a faith religion. Turn to Mark chapter 11. And so Pastor Price would say, God is a faith God. And it turns out he's right. He was right. Hallelujah. Everybody say, God is a faith God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And now I want to tell you in the last 15 minutes here, I want to tell you the story of how I came to understand what faith is. And it all revolves around meditating in Mark chapter 11. Verse 23. Hallelujah. So I want to read it together. Well, let's start at verse 22. And uh, I'm reading from the King James Bible. So you just repeat with me. And uh, everybody said this. And Jesus answered. I, the reason I have people repeat is I want to make sure they're awake. 
You know what I'm saying? Hey. No, I want to make sure they actually have a Bible. They know how to read. Do some of these people not know how to read? <laughs> okay, so repeat it with me. Hello. And Jesus answering. Mark eleven twenty two saith unto them, have faith in God. Or the margin of the Bible says, in my Bible, this Cambridge Bible, it says uh, literally, have the faith of God. Have the faith of God, and that's what it is. It's not your faith that's going to move mountains, but it's when you're operating in God's faith that mountains will move, that you will speak and things will happen. Does that make sense to you? Hallelujah. Anyway, let's skip that part for right now. But everybody say, and Jesus answering saith unto them, have the faith of God. Verse 23, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. Believe what? Everybody say, believe what? That those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. Everybody say, they say the money will come. Woo! Hallelujah. Let's read it again. So this is one of the verses Pastor Price focused on about faith. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Now, I was a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. I'm still a lawyer. And when I would read whosoever shall say unto this mountain, the first thought that came to my mind was, well, maybe this only applies to mountains. Maybe that's why it's so difficult. It says whosoever. And then it occurred to me, wait, he doesn't even say mountains in general. He says this mountain. Maybe it only works for this mountain. You know what I'm saying? Whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Maybe he's just talking about that, you know. But then I saw the scripture we looked at earlier, Matthew chapter 17, where Jesus is actually talking about healing. Turn back over there, Matthew chapter 17. Jesus is actually talking about healing, delivering this kid from this thing that would cast him into the fire and all that, right? And the disciples were unable to deliver him. Why could not we cast him out? Verse 19, why could not we cast him out? Verse 20, let's read this one together. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place. And it shall remove. And so I thought to myself, I thought, okay, well, obviously it works for healing. Because this is a healing circumstance. This is, he's talking about healing, and he's using that same idea about the mountain. So he's not just, I'm a little slower than most people. He's not just talking about mountains. This applies, at least now we know it applies to mountains and healing. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? And then after a long time of studying and meditating, I discovered the last part of the verse. And it says what in the last part of the verse? And nothing shall be impossible unto you. Everybody say, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. So obviously it 
applies to anything, right? If nothing shall be impossible unto you, doesn't that mean that anything shall be possible unto you? If nothing shall be impossible, doesn't that mean everything shall be possible? So it applies to anything. It's not just talking about mountains. It's not just talking about that particular mount. It's not just talking about healing. Hallelujah. But it's talking about anything. Say, nothing shall be impossible unto you. Okay, go back to Mark 11. So I began to change how I read that as I'm meditating on it. And by meditating, I mean I was just saying it over and over to myself. And I began to change it, and I'd say it this way. Everybody say it this way. Whosoever shall say. And I cut out the whole mountain thing because it's not just for mountains, right? Whosoever shall say. And shall not doubt in his heart. But shall believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Whosoever shall say. I remember one time, I'm only telling you this because we're far away from California, so nobody knows anybody. You know? But uh, my sensei, Sensei Nujum, he's like an eighth degree black belt and, uh, in our style. And uh, he said he be, went to get a colonoscopy, you know, in, in El Centro, they kind of think of us like we don't like doctors, you know, like we're these crazy religious people who don't like doctors. But I get an email once a week of expert witnesses email, a lawyer email, and it lists all the things that happen when you go to the hospital. And it's like, oh, my God, how can anybody ever go to the hospital after reading this? Hallelujah. But here's what I want. So he had gone to get a colonoscopy in an office thing, kind of like what happened to Joe, uh, Gabriel when he went to get his knee examined. And... They did the colonoscopy, and as a result of this colonoscopy, he developed this really, really bad infection. One of those, like, infections they only get in the hospital kind of thing, even though this was in the office. And, uh, and he, at first he thought, oh, I just have a fever, I just have the flu, and he just kept going, you know, I'm karate man, you know, blah, 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 and all this. And he just kept going until one day he was going out to the car, and he almost fell down, and his wife said, no, we need to go to the hospital. And by the time they got there, he had this horrible infection, and they tried all the different antibiotics and everything, and nothing happened, and it wouldn't do anything. And uh, finally, somebody told us about it, and I said, oh, man, we should go pray for, for, for Sensei Nujim. And, uh, you know, because we have a relationship with him. And, uh, and they told us, well, nothing is working they're trying to give him some, this is the way we heard it. I don't know anything about medicine, so maybe I'm saying it wrong. But they're giving him this chemotherapy medicine that's really strong in hopes that it will kill this infection because nothing else has worked. And so we went to see him. And uh, everybody say, whosoever shall say. Say, turn to somebody and say, you're the hope of the world, dude. You better listen up. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. You are the hope of the world. There is no other hope. If you don't take them the word, there is no hope. Hallelujah. The Republicans are not the hope. The Democrats are definitely not the hope. Bernie Sanders, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, no, the hope is not in people. 
There is no hope for you in this system, in this world system. Does that make sense to you? Am I, is that too radical for North Carolina? There is no hope for you in the world system. The hope is in God's system. Does that make sense? Hallelujah, hallelujah. So we, we went to see uh, uh, Sensei Nujim. He does, as far as I know, he's a Catholic. I mean, he's from, he's from Israel, actually, but in a, he's an Arab uh, Christian, Christian Arab from Israel. And uh, he uh, doesn't go to church much, as far as I could tell. Definitely didn't come to our church. And so we went in, and I said to him, hey, uh, would it be okay if we prayed for you? And he was, yes! Somebody do something! <laughs> you know, like, he was excited about it. Something, somebody's actually going to do something around here. And so, you know, we're, lots of times it's hard to see how weird you are. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, I said to Becky, well, let's kneel down. You know, it's, he's a Catholic. You know, we got to kind of kneel down go along with the thing and uh, I told him I said um, I don't want to freak you out sensei but we're going to pray in the spirit for a little bit here and it may seem kind of he's go for it <laughs> hallelujah you have better success with with sinners than you do with religious people hallelujah all they want is the healing you know what I'm saying hallelujah so we're praying there in the spirit and the Holy Spirit spoke into my heart. Say to them, they're going to release you and send you home in the morning. Everybody say, they're going to release you and send you home in the morning. Say, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. Where's the believing take place? In your heart. That's what Papa Hagen would say. Well, if the not doubting is in your heart, then the believing has to be in your heart. So let's read it that way. Whosoever shall say, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe in his heart. Believe what? Everybody say, believe what? That those things which he saith shall come to pass. That's what you have to believe if you want to move the mountain. You have to believe that those things which you saith will come to pass. Hallelujah. Say, nothing shall be impossible unto you. Turn to somebody and tell them, you are the hope of the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is no help for those homeless people that are addicted to drugs in our town. Hallelujah. There is no help for them outside of God. Hallelujah. Does that make sense to you? Yes. You know, I don't want to get political on you, but, you know, the reason people are moving from Honduras to the United States is because when Secretary Clinton was Secretary of State, they overthrew the democratically elected president of Honduras. The United States did. Because they have interests there. They have a big army bases there. They didn't want the new president coming in and saying, no, these bananas belong to Hondurans, not to Americans. So they overthrew that president. Since that time, which has been like six years, that country has been in absolute turmoil. And you know what Colin Powell said? 
You know, you guys don't know who Colin Powell is? You know what Colin Powell said? If you break it, you bought it. Anyway, there's no hope for those people in Honduras. They think this is the land of hope here. I want to tell them, there's no hope for you in the United States apart from God. Hallelujah. There is no hope for those people. There's no hope for the people in Africa apart from God. Hallelujah. Does that make sense to you? There's no hope for the people in China apart from God. Most of the people in the world are poor. They're struggling. They're barely making it. They don't have anything. Hallelujah. There is no hope for them aside from God. Does that make sense to you? Turn to somebody and say, you are the hope of the world. So you've got to learn to walk by faith. You have to learn to walk by faith. You've got to know what faith is. Hallelujah. Everybody say, raise your hand if you know what faith is, because I'm going to ask you. Hallelujah. Oh, now they put their hands back down. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you what faith is right here, in case I don't get to it. This is what faith is. Faith, it begins with, it has three parts, basically, you could say. But unless you have all three parts, you don't have faith. Faith begins with knowing something in your heart. Everybody say, faith begins with knowing something in your heart. The second part of faith is acting on what you know in your heart. Hallelujah. Say, faith, the second part of faith is acting on what you know in your heart. And the third part of faith is enduring until the promise comes. Endure means you hold on to what you know in your heart and you continue acting on it. Hallelujah. I used to think that no, the, no, the first part, what, who can tell me what the first part is? Wait, let me see if I have any money here. Hallelujah. Okay, you win the dollar. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, that's a hard question. The $5 question is a $5 question, man. Hallelujah. Who can tell me what the three parts of faith are? Hallelujah. Well, let me give you the 10 since you're the girl. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I used, I used to think to myself that the knowing in your heart was the hard part. But then I came to realize, no, they're all hard. They all require effort. You know, you can be here and you can have an invitation. People can be sitting there wanting to be born again. And you say, come on up here so we can pray for you. They want to be born again. Do they necessarily come forward? I remember when Becky and I, uh, we went to Crenshaw. You know, we, at first we couldn't go because UCLA is a little ways from Inglewood, where the church originally was. And, uh, and so if you took the bus in L.A., it would have taken you like seven hours, you know, to get there. And so finally we got, my parents gave me a car and we started going to church and in uh, Pastor Price's church and you know people would line up around the block to get into church and all this but anyway he'd been teaching on the Holy Spirit and uh, and so we wanted to get filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues I said Becky let's go to church today and we're going to when they give the invitation to be filled with the Holy Spirit we're going to raise our hand we're going to go up and be filled with the Holy Spirit what's the second part of faith? 
acting on what you know in your heart. Hallelujah. So we went down there, and, you know, um, well, I didn't real, we didn't realize this at the time, but, you know, there were only a few white people in that church, but we didn't realize we were white when we were there. You know, we were just, you know, we're sitting there in this church, you know. We were just there. We were just people as far as we were concerned. And uh, so at the end of the service, Pastor Price would have four invitations. They'd say, to be born again, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I think was the second one, or maybe it might have been for members. I don't know. But uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and when it came time for be filled with the Holy Spirit, I said, oh, let's not raise our hands. <laughs> you know? And then I said to her, and then he started with the next invitation, assurance of salvation, and then at the end I think he had for membership. And I said, we'll raise our hands for membership, and we can go back and see what they do with the people <laughs> who get filled with the Spirit. We can, we can spy it out. You know, see what's going on. And so he gave the, the thing for become a member. And so we raised our hands. You know, we were sitting way, this is a big, huge church. We were sitting way in the back of the church in the middle of a pew. And, uh, and so then at the end, after all the invitations, if, if you raise your hand for any of the invitations, please stand up. And so I said to Becky, I'm not standing up. <laughs> Are you standing up? I'm not standing up. And so, we, you know, we have our head bows, eyes closed. And uh, Pastor Price said, I said, if you raise your hand for the invitation, please stand up. And I said, oh, just, keep, just be cool. And uh, he, said, he said, now he started getting a little more angrier. He said, I said, if you raise your hand for any of the invitations, please stand up. And I said to Becky, there's no way he saw us back here. <laughs> you know what I mean? So imagine this sea of black faces and two white people sitting right there, you know. And uh, I'm thinking, no, he did not see us. You know, it's impossible. We're too far back. And uh, he kept, he said about four, I said, and I said, I think he may be talking to us. And so finally we stood up, we went back, and, and the guy who was ministering to us, he says, well, are you born again? He said, I said, yes, how do you know? And I said, well, you know, I heard Pastor Price said, if you must be born, unless a man, uh, uh, that Jesus said, unless a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And he said, okay, you know. And he said, well, are you, you filled with the Holy Spirit? And I said, well, no. This is all to become a member, right? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? And they had separated us, which was always a bad sign. You know? Uh-oh. And uh, the... Uh, do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I said, yes, but not right now. <laughs> you know. And, uh, and he said to me, he said, what, what's the second part of faith? Do you remember what the second part of faith? Act on what you have in your heart. What I want you to see is I used to think just getting the stuff in your heart was the heart. No, they're all hard. Hallelujah. I mean, I don't know about your kids. I'm sure they're much more spiritual than my kids. But I'll try to get my kids to say, say, I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm not saying that. <laughs> Hallelujah. So there's three parts of faith. So we got filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Anyway, all I want you to see is it's hard acting, acting on what you have in your heart. So when 
the Holy Spirit, I'm there with Sensei Nujim. We're down, we're praying. Becky gets up, jumps up on the bed. Hallelujah! Woohoo! No, no, she didn't do that. And uh, hallelujah. But we're praying in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit says to me, tell him uh, they're going to release you in the morning and send you home. And uh, all will be well, basically, you know. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, mm, I'm not sure I want to say that. And uh, so we pray, and I say, okay, I'm going to say it. Even if I look like an idiot, they kick me out of the dojo, you know. Hallelujah. I'm going to try and walk with God as best as I can. And so I said, I better dress this up a little bit. They won't understand what's going on. And so I, I added this big, long prayer onto the front of it. But then I finally got to the God part, which was just, they're going to release you and send you home in the morning. Hallelujah. And, uh, and they did. And they released him, sent him home in the morning. He was healed. Hallelujah. Everybody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's go back to Mark eleven twenty three. Whosoever shall say... And shall not, George said that you guys usually go for two hours, right? I'm almost done. Come on, people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's 12, oh my God, it's not really 1234, is it? Okay. I'll be finished in a second. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to get your money's worth here, man. Hallelujah. Anybody who, who thinks it's too long, George has promised he'll buy them lunch. So, <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Let's go back to Mark eleven twenty three. I want to show you. What, what is it I'm trying to show you? What is faith? What is faith? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to be a Christian. Without faith, you cannot use the name of Jesus to deliver those people who need delivering. Without faith, you cannot receive the answers to your prayers. Hallelujah. Without faith, you will be unable to speak to the mountain and have it move in your life. Without faith, it will be impossible to receive the promises of God. Be followers of them who through faith and patience receive the promises. Without faith, you cannot receive the things that God has promised. Hallelujah. Does that make sense to you? Amen. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through faith. Faith is the key to Christianity. Faith is what differentiates Christianity. Turn to somebody and say, you are the hope of the world. But you've got to learn to walk by faith. In order to walk by Pastor Price used to say this. He'd say to us, he'd say, you know, there aren't a handful of people in the United States. There aren't a handful of preachers. There's not more than three or four preachers in the United States who understand faith good enough to explain it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, now there's four of us. No, I'm just <laughs> Hallelujah. No, what I want you to see, you've got to see what faith is if you're going to learn to walk by faith. It's not just about... You know, following things people say, repeating things over and over and over again. What's the first part of faith? Knowing something in your heart. Perceiving something in your spirit. Seeing something with the eyes of your spirit. Hearing something with the ears of your spirit. That's where it begins. Hallelujah. A lot of us are stepping up to step two. Yeah, I can say that. 
Yeah, my every need is supplied according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I don't know why it doesn't work. I'm saying it. I say it 15 times a day. Well, that's the second part of faith. You skip the first part of faith. You got to know it in your heart. It's got to be revelation to you. It's got to be, you know, people used to say rhema to you. It's got to be here. God has to speak to you. When God tells you the money will come, when you get it in your heart, the money will come, and then you say with your mouth, the money will come. What will happen? Money will come. But what if you have in your heart, there ain't no money coming around here, but Pastor George says we should say the money will come. The money will come. What's going to happen? You skipped over the first part of faith. Hallelujah. Does that make sense to you? We used to have this thing where we would say, I don't know, you guys were probably not this stupid, but we used to have this thing where, where we would say, well, I better watch what I'm saying here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Where we used to say, I believe I receive. Hallelujah. You know, can I tell you the truth about it? If you believe something, you never use the word believe with that something. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? When the Holy Spirit told me, tell him, I didn't say, I believe. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. When you, the whole, when you know in your heart the money will come, you never associate, I believe the money will come with that. No. What do you, you the money will come. Does that make sense to you? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. But, you know, we're skipping over to the second part. of We want to do the action part. Well, you've got to get the first part first. Hallelujah. So I'm meditating on the Word. Let's go. From, let's do it the way I learned to meditate on it, you know, leaving out the mountain thing. So let's say this. Whosoever shall say and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe in his heart, Believe in his spirit. Believe what? Everybody say, believe what? That those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. Nothing shall be impossible to you. Hallelujah. Do you know who your mom is? I do. Oh, thank God. It's going to be a close one. Hallelujah. Um, were you there at the time? Time. At the time of your birth. I was. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you remember that? Uh, no. Okay. So when, when you say that uh, you know your mom, what you're really saying is you believe that's your mom. I mean, that's happened to people, right? You know, they thought this was my mom, and then they went on in life, and their parents told them, oh, you're adopted. We didn't want to tell you, you know, because we were afraid you wouldn't love us anymore or whatever, right? You weren't adopted, were you? Hallelujah. Dodged a bullet. <laughs> Hallelujah. But so when I ask you, do you know your mom? You said what? Yes. But you don't really. I mean, no, I don't. not in any real physical, material sense of, you know what I mean? But you, you don't say, I believe she's my mom. No. Even though that would be appropriate in that circumstance. Because you don't remember it. You have no physical evidence of it. You've never done a DNA test or anything, right? No. Okay. 
Hallelujah. But yet you say she's your mom. Right. Why? Because I believe in my heart. You know it in your heart. Why don't you say, I believe she's my mom? Because that doesn't even enter into it. No. You know she's your mom. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? Right. Hallelujah. If, if God says to you, the money's going to come. Is the money coming? Yes. Hallelujah. Would you, well, I believe the money's coming. We, and that's a, kind of the way we say it. You know what I mean? I believe the money's going to come. If God told you the money's coming, what's going to happen? Do you believe that? Well, yeah, I mean, we do. We believe it in some sense, right? Because it's not physical, but in the same sense that you believe she's your mom. But it's something you know, something you perceive. The money's going to come. Say, the money will come. Say, the money will come. Okay, so which step is that? Saying the money will come, which step is that? Second, second step. What's the first step? Knowing in your heart. Hallelujah. Does that make sense to you? Hallelujah. So, I'm sorry. Hallelujah. So, when Pastor Price would be teaching, I'm putting this away so you think I'm finishing. At least it'll encourage you a little bit. Hallelujah. When Pastor Price would teach us about faith, I would say to myself, well, I want to believe, but what is believing? What does it mean to believe? He says, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. Okay, I'll do it. How do I do it? Hallelujah. After meditating on Mark eleven twenty three for a long time, I mean literally thousands of times, just saying it over and over to myself, I came to see that believing means begins with knowing in your heart. Hallelujah. Believe, everybody say believing begins, believing begins with knowing in your heart. Hallelujah. Let me leave you with this. Then. John chapter 12. Because George said, no, just keep going. Turn over to John chapter 12. And so when I, when I saw that, my thought was, well, I've never heard anybody say it quite that way. Believing is, begins with knowing in your heart. Everybody say, believing is knowing something in your heart. Are you safe? Are you born again? Are you a Christian? How, how did that happen? How did you become saved? How did you become a Christian? Were you born a Christian? Okay. Where, where were you when you heard it? In Germany? And how, did, how was it that you heard it? So somebody was preaching and, and teaching. teaching, and what happened? You knew something, right? You heard this word and something inside of you. When Pastor Price said to me, he said, he said, he quoted that scripture, Jesus said, unless a man be born again, he cannot enter in the kingdom of God. Immediately I knew, well, I guess you must have to be born again. That doesn't mean I wasn't born again yet, but I, at least I knew what I had to do. I knew something. Hallelujah. You start, when you get saved, it begins with knowing something, right? Isn't that what happens? Hallelujah. Well, all faith begins like that. You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc. Com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, 
please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.